Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. So we're going to talk today about expectations, all right? We've got 21 days of prayer coming up, and uh, I know I'm so excited. And I know we're all expectant to see God do some awesome stuff. Is your mic on? I don't think it, I don't know. I don't know. There we are. There we go. I don't, I I think I understand what you're trying to say about this trash can. Is that like when you do that, you expect it to work, right? Exactly. Well, that's like with me and public bathrooms and, you know, those faucets that work on the motion sensor. And, like, you stick your hand in and, like, you bring your hand out and you bring your hand back in and the faucet doesn't turn on. And after a while, you start thinking, oh, okay, I got ghost hands now. So I'm just going to go through life with ghost hands. I don't even know how I'm going to live life with ghost hands. I guess I'll just go have some coffee. Oh, wait, I can't. I got ghost hands. I can't hold the cup. And so that's expectations, y'all. Expectations. 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 So when we, we, we pray for stuff, we're going into 21 days of prayer. When we pray for stuff, when we ask God for things, we're expectant to see things happen, right? We expect God to do stuff. We sing songs that say, all your promises are yes and amen. We hear Bible verses that talk about if you pray for it, you should receive it. Mark eleven twenty four says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And this is great, it uplifts us, it gives us hope, but I personally have experienced expecting God to do something, praying my butt off for it, and then it not happening. That's happened to me several times. And when this happens, sometimes I find myself left with saying like, what did I do wrong? Did I not like read the Bible correctly? Or maybe I'm not worthy of it, or maybe I'm doing something wrong. I'm actually doing something wrong that's not allowing me to experience the miracles. And expectations, what we're talking about tonight, they're basically a strong belief that something is going to happen. And Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And part of our understanding is our expectations, right? Part of our understanding is our expectations, And if we set ourselves up with expectations, we can basically say that we're going to end up with resentment and regret, okay? Um, Unrealistic expectations are setting ourselves up for resentment and regret. To say it another way is we're creating our own heartbreak by having expectations, all right? So we create our own heartbreak by having expectations. So uh, Pastor Joe, we love Pastor Joe. He already let you know. Uh, this is my beautiful wife, Jenny. My name is Patrick, if we haven't met yet. Um, Journey Church, We have, if we have any first-time guests here, can you all help me welcome our first-time guests? Yes. Um, thank you. You guys are awesome. A um, uh, little, thing, little thing about us is we are uh, parents. Uh, not only you know, we're married, but, but um, <laughs> we're we're also parents of four beautiful little girls. There they are. Oh, look how cute! Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go clockwise. Okay, I'm gonna go clockwise. So up here at twelve o'clock, we got Penelope. She with she the glasses, turned with the glasses. she turned eight 
was it yesterday or the day before? The day before. It was? Yeah. Uh, I lost track. So We did okay. not forget that it was her birthday, everyone. I'm not even playing. Like when you the, have four kids, it was it gets the hard night to before, track. and we we're like, it's her birthday tomorrow. Yeah. And so, she had no idea. So we got Penelope is in the glasses with the big, what is that, a pink bow? We'll call it a pink bow. I don't know. It's brown. It's honey. brown. Okay. Is Eloise, we've talked about her before. This is proof positive that I'm just an average-looking 43-year-old dude, but I'm a very cute six-year-old girl. And um, <laughs> down here is is baby Abby, or our little boo-boo. Yeah, she's, Abby boo-boo. She's uh, smarter than all of us put together. Yeah. I'm just saying. She, she's just She's got it like that. And over here with the white bow, that is our JoJo. That is Josephine, Josie. Just, I mean, like, JoJo well, we, is normally what you would like to <laughs> If you her. ask her her name, we call her so many different things, Josephine and JoJo. If you ask her her name, she says it's JoJofine. JoJofine, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. JoJofine. But we're going to talk tonight about... We're gonna be t- that, but that's who we're talking about tonight. And we're talking about, uh, we're talking about expectations. And, um, and so the, the title of this sermon is Supernatural Faith, Realistic Expectations. Yes. A.K.A. Phenomenal Cosmic Powers. Itty bitty living space. And for those of you who don't watch movies, okay, so he told me that title, and I was like, no, what is wrong with you? That's from Aladdin, okay? That's from Aladdin, so that's where that's from. But uh, So we're going to talk to you about um, Josie. And I have talked about it before. I'm kind of a little bit of a hippie. I like doing things naturally. And uh, whenever I had Penelope and Eloise, we actually lived in North Carolina. And in North Carolina, home births are illegal. I don't know if they're still illegal, but at the time, they were illegal. Um, So I wasn't able to have a home birth. But I had both of them in the hospital, but all natural, no medication. Um, They did not like me there since I was doing that. But I had them both all natural. But when we moved to Florida, I decided that I was going to have a home birth that I always wanted to have with Josie. Um, And I was super excited Uh, A lot of people in our family were not excited about us doing a home birth, especially my mom. She was really scared about us doing it. But I just knew that this is what we were supposed to do. We'd done it twice before in a hospital. It was time for me to have my magical home birth. So I go into labor, and everything was going absolutely amazing. It was just everything that I dreamed of until it came time for me to start pushing. So, um, if you've ever had a baby before, you know this. If you haven't, I'm going to explain just a little bit. I won't go into too much detail for you. Um, But when you're having a contraction is the time that you're supposed to push. It's like your body's natural way to get the baby out. And I knew something was wrong when the midwife started screaming at me to push when I wasn't having contractions. And she also called an ambulance, told her assistant to call an ambulance while this was happening. It turns out... Josie was stuck. She was a nine pound, 10 ounce baby. Yes. And she was stuck. So there we are. I'm, I'm watching the midwife struggle to basically pull Josie out. And when she finally does, Josie is completely blue. She's not breathing. Just limp unresponsive and it, it was like my my fear just coming to life right in front of me I, I wish I was making it up but at that time 
it seemed like the lightning crashed right out in our front yard. Thunderstruck right over the top of our house, rattling the walls, and the sky opened up, and it started to rain heavily, like in this angry rain, like it just, it was pounding on the roof, and I froze. I just, I didn't even know what to do, and at right about that time, Jenny leaned forward and put her hand on Josie and said, I command God's breath to go into these lungs now in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's when Josie went <gasps> like that. And the midwife brought the oxygen over and we got oxygen in front of her and she started to pinking up a little bit. Uh, but that's right about the time that the ambulance pulled up. Yeah, so the ambulance got there and I kind of looked around the room at all my pretty candles and all my stuff I had set up. It's <laughs> like, seriously? Um, and it gets better because I had just had a baby, so I didn't have clothes on. And <laughs> now there were also five men who were EMTs in the room. So that was fun. Um, but <laughs> so they put me on the stretcher holding the baby. And we get in the ambulance and go to the hospital. And we get to the hospital and they wheel me in to the emergency room. Again, I'm naked. <laughs> um, I'm normally very modest. Um, and so they asked me, they say, do you want to be admitted? We're going to admit the baby. Do you want to be admitted? And I said, if I'm admitted, can I go everywhere she goes? And they said, no. And um, so I said, no, I don't want to be admitted. So I went from being the lady who just had a baby to now the naked lady in the emergency room. <laughs> so they gracefully gave me a gown for the front and a gown for the back and some socks. Um, but we made our way up to the NICU where they had taken Josie and we walk in and she's like in this incubator, incubator. And I look at her and again, natural mama over here, I'm like, I just need to hold her and I need to do skin to skin. And so what skin to skin is, is when you have a baby, they say that there's just like this magical power of putting that baby's skin right up against your skin. And I'm looking at her, I'm just like bothering the nurses, like, please let me hold her. I just have to hold her. Just let me touch her. Let her feel me and everything will be okay. And so the nurses, probably just from being annoyed with me, got the baby out and let me hold her. And the second she was in my arms, she started having seizures. And I fully expected that she was going to be okay when I was holding her. But here I am holding this baby that's having seizures. And the nurse looked at me, took the baby, put her back in, and she said, I need you to take a picture because this is probably going to be the only one you have. And so I think we have a picture. There's Josie after they, like, hooked her up to everything when she started seizing. So that was like the hardest picture ever to take. But this really was the beginning of our season of God saying yes and amen, but it was really looking way different than we had ever expected. God doesn't want us to live without expectations of him, but his expectations, he wants us to expect him to be good. And he wants us to trust him, but most importantly, expect him to be good because he is. So we, we just basically, we wanted to talk about what we can expect from God, because if sometimes if our, if our expectations go unmet, 
it doesn't it, what and what we're trying to say isn't that you're not going to I think the story that you're going to hear tonight is going to be full of faith to faith and glory to glory that you're going to see God's miraculous hand in it and through it and, and everything that's not what we're saying what we're saying is what are the realistic expectations we can have of God because it, it, it he's not a genie in a bottle he's not going to pop out and give you you know, just because you prayed the pray the prayer the exact right way, that that that's not what that's not what's gonna what we're talking about is what can we truly expect from God? That was another Aladdin reference there with the genie in the bottle. I don't know if you got that. All right, so tell us what can we expect? What's the first thing we can expect? All right, you're gonna you keep messing with me like that. <laughs> Sorry. Wait till we get home. <laughs> Uh, All right, just so you guys know, there's three things that will test your marriage. Number one, getting lost together. I do not get lost. I do not know what you're talking about. Do you see that? Number two, building Ikea furniture. That, that stuff is almost as stupid as going to Ikea. Like, uh, he gets lost. <laughs> Number three is writing a sermon together. I had a I'm really good saying. time. I'm just saying. I'm, All right, go I'm, ahead. What can we expect? We can expect his unconditional love, right? His his unchanging, his his uh, uh, un, unlimited, his absolute, total, wholehearted love. You know, it, I, Romans eight thirty eight says, "So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love." I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. Um, I, I would say that if you, have, if you have prayed that heartfelt prayer and, and somehow that has fallen flat, it does, for me, okay, for me, the first place that I go is 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 anxiety is is fear right it's like what, what, what did i do wrong well i don't understand and it's you didn't do anything wrong god's god loves you god god loves you 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 did nothing wrong there's nothing that you did that's separating you from his love god loves you it's just because that expectation you can get met doesn't mean that god doesn't still love you um uh and um and and I think it, it one of the things that that we really need to take with us from that is when we're in that situation and the, the those feelings of fear and those feelings of anxiety pop up. It, it's that unconditional love, that love from God, that perfect love that drives out fear. Right. And so so when we're in that moment, that's what we need to be holding on to. That's the expectation that we can that we can hold on to and know that that's what's going to get us through that moment. Right. Yeah. So as I said, most people opposed us doing um, the home birth. Nobody, his mom, my mom, most everybody was against it. Um, and so my mom was on her way to the hospital and I was absolutely terrified for her to get there. I thought she was going to be so pissed at me. And my mom walks into the hospital room and there's like little moments that I remember from all of this, like very, like I remember everything that was happening in those little moments. And this was one of those moments because she came around the door and walked inside and I looked at her and I stood up 
and I walked over to her and I just fell into her arms and I just kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she was holding me and she's like, it's not your fault. I love you. Stop apologizing. Stop apologizing. And I just know that when we make mistakes or when something's going on with us, that's how God feels about us. We don't have to apologize. We don't have to like just lose it. We, he loves us no matter how big of the mistake. He's not mad. He knows we're going to make mistakes, but his unconditional love can cover all of that. And there's nothing that we can do that can actually let him down. Because as a matter of fact, he knew we were going to do it in the first place and he still loved us anyways. He still sent his son anyways to die for us. So the next three days, now we're in the hospital. My mom just got there. The next three days were going to be really, really tough for us because we didn't know what to expect. We actually had to be transferred. The, the, the hospital that we originally went to was not, was not prepared to take care of Josie. And so they said, we can't do it. So we need to move you somewhere that can do it. And so they actually sent us to St. Joseph's in Tampa. And when we, got to, when we got there, the doctors immediately wanted to start a process of what it, what was experimental at the time. Hey, lady, how are you doing? Um, sorry. Just a little break right there. Just need to say hi to somebody. So, um, so uh, what the, the do, it's, it, we've, it's, it was experimental at the time. But now we've learned that it's like the only thing that they found that is like a known, like, like the, this is what you should do in this, in this moment. Yeah. And, and they, and they, and they, it, it's a cooling process. So they put like a cooling blanket, they wrap it around her and they actually bring her core body temperature down seven degrees from, it's actually like a 98 from like 98.2, whatever people normally sit at to like 91.4. Okay. And so like and what she it, had was HIE. Yeah. So hypoxic ischemic encephaliopathy. Easy for you to say. And which so is, <laughs> what it is is la lack of oxygen. She went to without the brain. oxygen for seven minutes. Yeah, so lack of oxygen to the brain, causing brain damage. So this treatment was to try to stop. Yeah, the brain damage. That, because what they do is they bring they bring the first day is about bringing her down. The second day is about her staying in that state, and the third day is actually heating her back up. And, and it's like Jenny said, the reason they do that is because the body's natural reaction, what it does to try and fight that, it actually causes more brain damage. And so they started doing that to relieve any more brain damage from happening. And so, um, and so the third day is actually the, the day that's like, okay, we're, we're warming back up and, and what we don't, we have no idea what's going to happen next. Yeah. And so there's a lot of risk when they warm the a baby back up. Um, she started seizing more when they warmed her, warmed her back up. Um, her lungs collapsed. Yeah. It was and, pretty darn scary. And there were, and, and, uh, and after she got through all that, the, there was an MRI and we were, we had a prayer chain going. We had, we had pastors that had come like former pastors and current pastors were coming by that room. Like, I mean, everybody we knew, like, we had atheists praying for this baby. Like, I'm, I'm not even kidding, right? And we were expecting, like, no brain damage to be the report. We were expecting the report to come back, no brain damage whatsoever. And I don't know if we can actually see this. This might be too dark to actually see. But this, this, is, uh, this is her actual MRI. We actually drove to Tampa the other day to get this for you guys. 
Um, these, these white areas are the brain damage. That's why they have a bunch of arrows drawn to them. This one with two arrows drawn to it is to say, wow, that's really, that's a lot of brain damage. And so like you can see, and so the doctor actually said that it was as if she had gone through several strokes at the same time. And, and it would be if either, if any one of us would have gone through this, you would have either ended up, you know, dead or you would have ended up having somebody give you care for the rest of your life because you would not be able to care for yourself. Just a little side note, this biggest portion right here, this biggest damage, that's the, the, that's the portion of the brain where uh, it, it, it's about choice making. So, like, if you're in the kids' ministry. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> he made that up. She makes great choices. You'll see her later running in the halls. <laughs> so um, we were in a place <laughs> where there was literally nothing that we could do anymore. Um, nothing we could do. There was nothing we could do that had control of anything that was happening. We had no choice but to give it to God. And there was something like almost amazing about being in a place like that. You know, there was nothing we could do, nothing we could say um, that could really do anything. And that is really the second thing that we can expect from God, which is his unending presence. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you and he will not forsake you. Um, we ended up being in the hospital for 30 days total. And I never left the hospital. I slept on the couch next to her. I never once left the hospital. And the nurses were like, we don't normally see moms do this. Um, they were surprised that I wouldn't leave. But they said they, all, they always would talk about how there was something different about our room. That they really had, they really felt like Josie was going to turn around because there was just like this peace there was just something about our room, and it's, I know why, and it's because I never left, but God never left either. Amen. He never left. And whatever it is that you're going through, whatever season you find yourself in, God's not going to leave either. And I just want to speak specifically to somebody right now who's like, okay, so God's not going to leave, but I don't feel him right now. That verse is for you. Take that verse, write it down, write it on your mirror in your bathroom so you see it. It says, be strong and courageous, do not fear or be in dread for them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you and he will not forsake you. By towards the end of the 30 days, Josie was actually doing really, really well. There was just one last hurdle that she had to overcome before she could come home and that was that she had to start eating. And once again, we started praying and believing. We had plenty of people praying with us and believing with us. And, and we were believing that that baby was going to start eating on her own uh, and that she was not going to come home with a G-tube. G-tube is a little thing that they implant in, you know, through your skin directly into your stomach so that food can go directly into your stomach, right? And we were not wanting her to, to come home with a G-tube. We wanted her to start eating on her own. And because uh, we just, we just wanted her to eat on her own, and um, she was she wasn't she wasn't getting there. She just wasn't getting there, and um, 
you know, um, we, we believed that she, she would eat, but that, that expectation just fell flat. And so, um, and so she got the G2, but she also got to come home, right? Um, and so, um, and so uh, that, you know, the last thing that they told us as we were leaving is, is they gave us what our expectations should be. And they said, don't expect her to walk. Don't expect her to talk. Don't ever expect her to feed herself. Um, expect to ca take care of this baby uh, for the rest of her life. Yeah, so then we got home, and life was absolutely crazy <laughs> because, uh, again, natural mama over here, and I'm like, she's only getting breast milk. So I then, <laughs> so I then had to like pump and then take the milk and then feed it into the G tube like every couple of hours. Um, there were seizure medications. There was, um, you know just the cleaning of the G-tube itself and the spot where it, it was implanted in her. There were so many things. We had physical therapy we had to do, and I had to do that like several times a day. Not to mention the fact that I don't want my baby to have a G-tube forever. So if that was going to happen, I like did all of the research about how to wean a child off of the G-tube. So I was trying to make sure I was giving her a bottle, even if she wasn't drinking it. There would be days where she would drink a whole bottle, and then like for three days she wouldn't even try. I was trying to give her a binky just so she wouldn't like lose the sucking reflex even though she wouldn't take it. And then on top of all of that, I was trying to get her to smile. And the only reason I was trying to get her to smile was because they told me if she does a social smile, then what that means is she's neurologically connecting, right? So that it means that even if my baby can't walk, can't talk, can't do anything, I can at least talk to her and know that she knows mama, you know? And if she smiles at me, I would know that she knows who I am. Um, all right, so I was trying to get her off the G-tube, and I can honestly say weaning a child off a G-tube is one of the hardest things I have ever done in my entire life. Um, and I used to smoke cigarettes, y'all. <laughs> okay? So it was harder than quitting smoking. Um, but <laughs> that's the third thing you can expect is unmistakable transformation. <laughs> Y'all. Uh, yes, unmis unmistakable transformation. Um, it's, it's in that trouble. If, if we allow that trouble to do what God really kind of wants it to do is we can find transformation in the trouble. Right? Um, Romans uh, 12, 2 says, uh, stop imitating stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Uh, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Here's what I love about this, Okay? Here's what I love about this. The only thing that we have to do is stop imitating. That's all we, that, with that verse, all you have to do, the only active thing that you have to do is stop imitating the world around you. Right? Once, once we stop doing that, 
It's a work of the Holy Spirit. Let me take that off your shoulders. You are not in charge of your transformation. Can I just... Can I just take that from you right now? You're not in charge of your trans. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Stop trying to step in because you can't fill those shoes, okay? All right? So, like, let the, Holy, let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit's here to do, and that is you just sit back and passively be transformed, but you do have to actively stop imitating the world around you. All right? Yeah, so I worked with Josephine like day in and day out with all of those things. And eventually she started taking a bottle, which was so awesome. She got and the G tube out. She got the G tube out. She has a scar there now. We say that she has two belly buttons. Yeah, we tell her she has two <laughs> belly buttons. She loves it. Um, so we weaned her off. We actually ended up weaning her off all of the seizure medication, which was really cool. And she smiled. I have never been so happy to see a baby smile in my life. It was, oh, and it was Penelope too. Penelope was like singing to her and got her to smile. It was so awesome. But so she hit all these milestones, but she didn't actually, she didn't really do anything to get there. So I really think that's an image of what's happening with God when we're transformed. He's really doing all the work, right? He's the one doing all of the work for us. We just got to follow his lead. And God wants to do the transformation, but he's not going to do it the way of the world, right? He's not going to do it that way. He's going to do it his way, and we have to expect and trust that his way is going to be better than our, our way and lean not on our own understanding. You know, um, we, we started kind of putting this message together and crafting it, and, and um, it, it, was, it was uncomfortable for me. Because we, the reason that a lot of this is told through Jenny's perspective is because I completely disconnected at that time. Uh, I told you at the very beginning, I froze. That, that freeze lasted years, y'all. It wasn't until we got to, to journey that I found healing from that. And the, and the root cause of it was my expectations. So when we were moving down here, I expected us to be living in a different place. I didn't expect us to be living in the house that we were living in, in the city that we were living in. I was expecting us to be living closer to Orlando because I was trying to build a business in Orlando. I was, I was expecting Jenny to, uh, to be working in Orlando. She, was, she had a job in, in Tampa. I was expecting her to be working for two years. So that I could build build a business, you know, and that she was going to carry a, a brunt of the, the the burden of the bills. Uh, we were also mo- not moved, expecting that I was going to be expecting. Here. She moved <laughs> down, down here. Down here. <laughs> she moved down here and called me and goes, "Hey, I'm Prego," you know, and I'm like, "Hey, who you been playing around with?" And she, <laughs> she was like, "It happened before I left," and I was like, "We going to Maury?" And um, oh my god. are the father. <laughs> yeah, I can't deny that one. I can't deny that. So, but I, there are a lot of things that I was expecting. And when I got here, none of my expectations were in place. 
And it led me to one of the two places that you go. When you start expecting things, you are basically premeditating your resentment and regrets. Let me say that another way. You decide in advance to hold resentment and regret when you expect things. Right? And so when I got down here and none of my expectations had been met, I was in a very bitter place. We, we had moved down here to be part of a ministry. I was expecting us to get down here and they're like, hey, we can't pay you, but here's a title. Come on, you know, be part of our staff. That didn't happen. I was bitter about that. I, I was, I was at, at that point, I was basically like pointing at God saying, God, you told us to move down here and none of the things that you said were going to happen, happened. And then, and then as that kept going on, what also kept going on was I started going, man, you did, you did this, you did this, you're living like this, you're living like this. This is why you don't get any of these things that God said that you're going to get. I had nothing but regret and resentment all built up all in this area right here. And while she was experiencing his unconditional love, his unending presence, and his unmistakable transformation, I was left out and left behind because I had a wedge of resentment and regret between me and God. If you walked in here tonight with some type of expectation that has fallen flat between you and God, and you now have that wall of resentment and regret built up in front of you, I want to encourage you. You know, that don't have to be there no more. We're going to go back into another moment of worship. And we're going to call the prayer team up. And I'm going to encourage you to step forward. Because God wants to break that off you tonight. God wants to break that off you tonight. Let me say that one more time so that you can hear it plain and in clear English. God wants to break that off of you tonight. Uh, it starts with a, it, all it starts is just walking forward, asking for that prayer. And so when we pray, we're going into 21 days of prayer. So I want to help you a little bit <clears throat> with your expectations for God. When we pray, we're supposed to pray God's will. We're supposed to pray for his way. But what does that look like? What that looks like is praying, God, what do you want me to do right now? Because I want to do it your way. God, what do you want me to think right now? Because I want to think what you think. Where do you want me to go, God? Because that's where I want to go. The things aren't always going to look like what we would want them to look like. But you know what's always going to look the same? God. He's always going to look the same. When we let go of our unrealistic expectations, we get to experience supernatural faith. And knowing that he's good, we get to experience his his loving presence, we get to experience him. And guess what? His love is way too good to leave us in our pain, in our mistakes, in our struggles. He wants to see us transformed. And just like we talked about being active, it's being active tonight. It's coming up here to get some prayer for it. So if you guys would go ahead and stand to your feet. Let's go ahead back into some worship, and I just want to encourage you. I'm going to pray, and then I want you to come forward and get some prayer. Don't worry about what anybody else is thinking about you when you walk down here. We're actually going to hold more high hopes and glory.
you because we know that you're going to be transformed in this moment. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your love. Lord God, we thank you for your presence in this place. And Jesus, we thank you for your transformation you're doing tonight. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.